well. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, we're not laying down, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, I see that. Yeah, I mean, we're started. <laughs> We've been started. Uh, well, I mean, there's a question that we usually ask each other when we do these. David? Wait, wait, wait. So, today is October 27th. Hello? Oh, our first physical podcast since a few months ago? Yeah. Oh, so our first physical podcast since the existent this podcast existence. Really? Yeah. We never recorded it. How's it going in person? Besides that one time. And we, we never published that one. I remember because like it was really personal. It was really, <laughs> really personal. Yeah. This is really the first fucking time. Yeah, it is. Damn, that's wild, bro. Yeah, I was here in Boston. We flew in yesterday. Yes. Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. I can't believe I actually did that. <laughs> Literally, like, I have a job and I'm in school. And I somehow made time to get on a plane and fly all the way over here to see you. But I'm here. It's it's going. I mean, I, I, I like it here. I like it here. I mean, the weather has been horrific, honestly. Like, being outside hasn't been very pleasant. But... Yeah, I, I've enjoyed my time here so far. I like the way it looks and stuff. And I mean, it's beautiful. Like, really, really beautiful. You know how I get with architecture and like, ah, uh, yeah, very You know, it's a little colonial. I don't know. I, I can almost like feel the racism when I look at these buildings. But, but I mean, Victorian's my favorite. I mean, I hate Victorians. I think it's like one of the worst era in human history. For a few reasons. I mean, it's, like, right after the Industrial Revolution and people just lived miserable lives. And, I mean, like, we had the British Imperial rule at its peak. And things were not good. And and also, Victorians were obsessed with women looking like women and men looking like men. And they even, like, went back and changed the way Renaissance paintings looked to make men look more manly. Like, they took a Da Vinci. And you know how Da Vinci kind of has that like ambiguous uh, painting of Jesus and they made him look more manly and put a beard on him. The Victorians did. Yeah. So I have my, but their houses are beautiful and I live in one. So yeah. But anyways, uh, we're not here to talk about Victorian. Yeah. Um, yeah, I missed that. You know, and I mentioned to you before, like, we haven't recorded in a while, and, um, I don't know, we're not type to, like, call up someone and call up each other. I think partly because we have this podcast, we don't call up each other as yellow. I gotta say this, you know, I got something to say. I know. Because it's, we know we reserve that record time. Which is weird, because, like, a lot of times, we just need to say, I wonder if you have those moments where, like, you just need to say something. Yeah, and, like, in the moment, open. like, once that moment passes, there's no point. Yeah, that happens to me a lot. I'm like, this would have been, when it was fresh, would have made for a great episode, but it's not so fresh anymore, is it? Yeah. Oh, I don't know how to deal with that. Because, like, so, like, that's what I said, like, after a while, um, not recording, like you said, I kind of regress, you know, away from, uh, 
being open and shit and just like just in general feeling in details feeling in emotion yeah 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 i haven't like i guess recently just haven't taken those you know introspective looks at myself and time just flies by when you do that it's like you're not even in control of your life when you're just not like taking a moment to be introspective in this podcast obviously is like our space to do that so that's one of my biggest complaints with myself recently yeah i don't know i don't like i told you before like i feel lost you know but, um i'm trying to like dissect what that feels like you know because like it's been a long ass time since i felt that feeling like damn i'm gonna do shit you know I can learn each all the time, but like I'm not really appreciating it. I don't know, just like a lot of things has changed and um I don't like being made right now. It's it's like really annoying me for some reason. Like I don't want to talk specifics, but it seems like I can't you know, break the surface right now. Yeah. Yeah. It feels rusty. You know, I had my first podcast interview with um for the Kings of Harvard thing. Felt hella rusty, man. Felt like I was like forcing a conversation and stuff. Albeit that person was also like very philosophical, mm. um, and yeah, the point is, isn't like you know, <laughs> philosophizing mind. And, and his first thing I knew was really rough because like when I asked him like something he wants, something like harder to talk about and that he wants to share. Yeah, he's like you know, I'm really interested in like happiness and, like, in this moment. Like, Fuck, you know. Yeah, I know your heart sank when he said yeah, that. He's one of those. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. It's really kind of all this conversation. It feels like, do we try to replicate or return any of those topics? Do we try, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I guess so. But, but anything, anything that has been said so sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But like, no. But, but I was actually going to ask about the episode that you recorded with this guy. Oh, sure. Yeah. But like, like, what do you do in that situation when he is just going off in this like philosophical rant that no one cares about? Like, do you try to like steer the ship? Yeah. Or do you just let him run? Like, I try to just, like, I don't want to, because I'm always wary of, like, asking a question, like, tell me a story. It always puts people on the spot, too. It does, but, like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like, trigger him. Mm. Kind of like, I want to share the story myself in the hopes that, like, mm-hmm. by me sharing the story, he's, he's taking the cue to share the story, too. Yeah. But he did it occasionally. Um, but it felt like he also had some, some things in reserve, you know. He's a rock climber, like I told you. Like, yeah. Um, it's obvious that he's been through some pretty risky stuff. Yeah. Um, situations where a friend or uh, his girlfriend almost died. You know, like, yeah, that's what I can infer. You never told, told me that, but you can infer that. So yeah. He's, he seemed very reserved. Mm. You know? I actually remember when you tried to pull a story out of someone and regretted it. When we were talking, when, yeah, when we were talking to uh, Major Driscoll. And you like oh, try to get stories uh, of Iraq out of him, which was bold. And I actually salute you for that because that's what people really want to hear. No one wants a, a Marine trying to recruit people on a podcast. Yeah, but that's such, that's the wrong wrong place, wrong time, wrong person to do that. You know, like I was really excited when you went for it. I was like, David is he's got more balls than me. There's no way I was gonna ask oh, that. <laughs> Imagine him just screaming. Just, just like, yeah, just getting some triggers just leaving, you know? Oh. Thankfully, we never had that, though. Yeah. Or, like, someone was, like, you know, just giving him the fuck this. Yeah, he did kind of just, like, stare off when you asked him that and just kind of, like, yeah, left it vague. 
Yeah, if I remember correctly, he just kind of like summed it up in a few words. I know. He was like, Marines are great, right, guys? (laughs) That was pretty cool. I am curious, what is like, what is like something that you just want to, was there anything from, from our conversation last hour that wasn't recorded, like if you want to return? Yeah, I mean, I was like in a rut, like if you haven't noticed since I got here, like I've just been, yeah, I know you noticed and like, it sucks because like, I, I want to have a good time here, like obviously, like, I mean, I flew here, it's a big deal. But, man, I was in a terrible mindset up until literally, like, an hour ago. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I, I, I sure. I mean, I, I could literally just read this. Oh, God. I, I kind of write, kind of, I kind of write in a, like, a, in a gateway, but let's do it. Uh, so I wrote, but this was, like, literally as my anxiety was, was, yeah, so, uh, finally, what, third day here, tomorrow, I have an opportunity to, to go clubbing with people I've never met, which is always intimidating, you know what I mean, especially, like, clubbing is, I mean, like, dancing in front of people you've never met before, yeah, for me, that's nerve-wracking, I don't know about you, but, um, but yeah, I, I knew immediately when I felt it that if I didn't do something about it, I wasn't going to sleep like at all tonight. Like I was just going to roll around like as an anxious ball yeah, all night. So I was like, let's just, I said, fuck it. Let's just write and just see if anything comes of this. And so I wrote, my anxiety is consuming me once again. That's the first sentence. Yes. And then last time it ate me up this bad. It was when I met, oh my God. Actually, I can't read this out loud. Um, last time, it ate me up this bad as when I met the girl with the tattoo on her ass. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was the last time. In, in the oh, one. So yeah, this girl's a bastard was what was tattooed on her ass. This girl's a bastard. And I remember, like, before, well, on my way there, on my way to Oakland to hang out with her, I, uh, you know, was, like, petrified. And I really wanted to leave a good impression on her friends and stuff which that's what she said and it wasn't yeah anyways um i never yeah okay i forgot i forget like what i mentioned what i didn't uh i never know what to do anymore i try focusing on it really leaning into it and it usually only amplifies that feeling then i try ignoring it and it slowly eats me up from below with no conclusion i am now anxious about being anxious I'm praying that by tomorrow I will somehow overcome this so I can leave a good impression on this blonde artist who goes to Tufts. But I know that's just a fantasy. My feelings never just miraculously change to fit a given position. Um, so I always wonder, like, what what can I do? I know tonight I'll have insomnia while I imagine every possible situation at the Middle East. Will I have nothing to say? Will they seem uninterested to me? Will she think I'm ugly? Will I find a costume that I'm comfortable in? Will I be less anxious by 7 o'clock tomorrow? Will I leave a good impression? Will things go splendid? And I meet this girl at her house after we go dancing? <laughs> when we have sex, will I get an STD? How will life be with an STD? How will I tell all of my future partners? 
will I be cold tomorrow night? Like, just an endless list. Like, how has my mind somehow ended up, how am I going to cope with telling people I get an STD tomorrow? Like, it, it, it goes that far. The sea that is my brain will continue to rage until the very second that I leave the club tomorrow night. Then I'll either leave with a grin on my face or a grin on my face, but a deep sadness and I need to hide from the world. But I keep but I keep grinning and grinning in hopes that I trick them into thinking I had a wonderful time. How could you fucking say this bad writing? Anxiety is now synonymous with eat a rose shaven and abe shaven. I found the idea of hanging out with them terrifying. When I met them on that freezing cold day in front of the Haas Pavilion, my Achilles was raw from walking around in San Francisco, and my rust sweater thrown on top of my olive corduroy bell bottoms. I felt confident. I plopped down above. I pop. I plopped down above them and whipped out the most pretentious thing I could read. Abe turned to me and yelled, "Are you a Marxist?" I immediately sprung up and answered, "No, I'm a primitivist." He sat down next to me and began regurgitating everything he knew about French philosophy and asked if I heard anyone he mentioned. I said yes, even though I didn't. I was attracted to him and his sister, and was deeply attracted to Ivy, who was roller skating behind him. Abe, I wouldn't learn. I mean, I wouldn't learn that their father was a Pulitzer Prize-winning author until after I left. Everyone I met that night was so beautiful. Because they were all attractive, rich, famous, smart, and because I was only living in Berkeley for a total of six days, the idea of hanging out with them petrified me. Unfortunately, when I hung out with them, I was left grinning, but with my confidence shattered and a deep sadness that wouldn't leave my stomach for a month. Was this the time when you said that joke? No. I think it's important for me to analyze that day, and instead of blocking it out, find a way to remember it as a comical story. When I left the Russian River, I wanted to die. I was so embarrassed after hanging out with them that I drove as fast as I could to avoid seeing them while I was driving home. I couldn't even cry when I got home. I just stood in the depression for a week with no release or emotional climax. It amplified my sense of not belonging. But I really think this all could have been avoided if I just laughed at the whole situation. Of course, I'm still allowed to be nervous. I'm not implying that laughing is the antidote to anxiety. But laughing allows you to realize how inc inconsequential things really are. When they all turn in unison and explain how my joke about dying in a car accident wasn't funny because their friend died in a car accident, I should have just laughed to myself. Yeah. That is literally a Dave Chappelle skit. Yeah. <laughs> I feel disingenuous about this now. No, no, that's true. Wait, 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 was it? I thought it was a Holocaust joke. No, no it was a... It was a car accident? It was a car accident joke, and their friend oh. just recently died. Oh, see, like, yeah, again, I remember I told you this, because you said it on the podcast. Yeah. Like, how the fuck are you literally going to go that? I know, right, I know. I will be dead soon. Everyone I will ever... Oh, holy shit. I will... Everyone I will ever meet will be dead soon as well. For the vast majority of this universe's existence, I won't exist. I think writing is something I want to do. When I write, really write, I feel good. It helps me view my obsessive compulsive, my my obsessive compulsions linearly. It's just a space where I can do, I'm doing something right now. This thing I made is entirely original and representative of the way I feel. Most things I'm into show no proof of doing, but writing does. So tomorrow, I'm going to dress up as a minion and embarrass myself in front of an attractive blonde neoliberal girl from Boston. When I get to my sofa tomorrow night, I hope they're terrified of me so I can laugh at their cute faces. Notice the balance in that sentence. 
now back to things that are real. And that's the end. God damn, man. That's some beautiful fucking writing. How, what'd you, what did you think you said that was... Was there any, like, outward indication that, like, someone thought it was bad writing? Uh, no. Actually, like, everyone's always hyped up my writing. Did I tell you I once, like, read a story to my dad in eighth grade and he, like, bawled his eyes out? Yeah, yeah. And, like... Like, this is the type of shit that will, like, get, get your dad bawling his eyes out. Yeah. Yeah. But, like... So how, how did you get the indication that you in bed? Uh, I guess just self-loathing. Oh, fuck. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's something I've created. And it's not that I think it's bad. When I actually wrote this, I felt good about it. I mean, obviously, it made me feel good after I wrote it. And the thing is, though, like, I just had to preface that it sucks because then your expectations are immediately like at rock bottom or something and i feel like that somehow helps me hmm. like just being truthful as to where you are or where, you, where it could be what do you mean i, I don't even know anymore because like like just what do you mean by like saying that it sucks at first helps a lot i don't know like it's a bad habit is where i just like my writing's gay like oh, i just okay. like i have to just like say something bad about it before i read it like that's just that something i do you know um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like this and I can just save it now and it exists and like, I can say I did it, Yeah. you know, you know, in a way I think how you have found what you have found in writing is what I thought I had found in, you know, conversation. Yeah. Cause like when I talk, it helps, but I remember like when you asked me about like, how's it going? And then Pinocchio was like, I said, oh, that's all right. That was my first reaction. Yeah. I think sometimes in life you are aware that you're changing or that you've changed. Sorry, you never know that you're changing. You yeah. never know that you've changed. It's a scary mess thought. Yeah, it is. Scary mess thought. And, and, and for me, I noticed that. You know, like, there's a reason why I didn't podcast for over a month, two months. Did I lose it? Did I lose that why conversation? Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely an intrusive thought. It's like, did I lose this thing that I loved? And, I mean, here's the thing, though, is, like, the beautiful thing about emotions is they, like, always come back. And, I mean, maybe your love for podcasting is gone now, but it's, like, I can literally promise you, and this is one of the few, few things therapists can actually reassure you on, is that your feelings always come back. Always. Feelings pretty much never die, but you can push them deep, deep, like very deep, mm-hmm. but they're never dead. Yeah, and like, so, like a part of me was like trying to like rebel against the fact that, like, oh no, my love for podcasting is still there. No, I think for now you should just accept the fact that it doesn't make you feel great right now, but like never give up on it. I mean, you just have to just do it, and I, I know the feeling will come back. Like, I mean, I have written things in my journal that made me, like, sick to my stomach. Like, I'm the worst writer of all time. Like, I literally would write, and then immediately after, because it's a stream of consciousness, be like, I hate this, what I just wrote. And, you know, that's not a fun time, but, like, here I am, and I just thoroughly enjoyed writing this, so. Bro, it helps so much that, like, a podcast with someone who didn't have any emotional connection to their stories. Talking to you because I can get behind that. I can get behind that a lot. Yeah. But then it, it just feels like I'm waiting, though, you know? Like, okay, I lost it. Do I just wait? Wait to see. Really? Yes, David. 
never force it. I have sat there and forced things before and it just never ends well. I mean, I think about anytime I think about feelings dying or being alive, I always think of like my feelings for Molly. And like, even now, even though we haven't been dating since I moved to Berkeley, like sometimes I wake up in the morning and just like regret everything and wish I could just like call her and just pretend like nothing ever happened. And then, and then you're still dating. Yes. And then suddenly that goes away. And then it's replaced with awesome. like, literally like within a minute, like after eating breakfast, now I'm like, well, I'm bored of her, like onto the next thing. And you just have to almost, I mean, your mind is just a raging sea and like, you're just a tiny little boat on it. And you just have to be impervious. You just have to just ride those waves and what you get is what you get, but you can't try to change the way the sea moves and change the way these waves move. I mean, it's just out of your control. That's madness. You can't go into the ocean and tell it what to do. You know, you're only floating on top. So have you talked about this metaphor, like just being in the ocean? Maybe, maybe uh, it was inspired by actually a headspace skit uh, that I saw of, and I, I found it, I think your brain being a sea is it's a pretty yeah, accurate yeah. description, yeah. I got it from Goodwill Hunting. Uh, did you? You remember that scene where it was like the therapist, he, he had a painting of like a guy at sea and like Matt Damon like, oh. destroyed it. Yeah. He was like, oh yeah, like, like, what, what, like he, oh, yeah, he ended up with the clues. He was like, oh yeah, was it? Like, you married the wrong girl or something like that. Dude, I haven't seen that movie in so long. But you know, you know where the scene I'm talking about? I don't think I do, actually. Like, like he like literally like, grabs his throat and was like, you, you fucking talk bad about it, right? I'll fucking kill you. Literally, that memory does not exist in my brain. I, I'm assuming it's in the movie somewhere. What's the scene? Uh, it's on YouTube too. But uh, the only scene I remember is like, I'm, let's not get into. It. <laughs> I'm not gonna like. But yeah. Yeah, I feel that though. Like, yeah. A bunch of thoughts just came out of my mind as you were talking because, like, please. For when I realized, I, I told Anna all this, but I just texted her. Yeah, I just feel this like really deep chasm of sadness all of a sudden. You know, talking to you like kind of opened it. But it's like something I needed, you know. Like I've been repressing this shit for a while. Yeah. Um, and, and I was afraid that by saying that I'm going to scare her, you know, like, oh, but like, no, if you like, thank you, you know, like, I'm here with you. I just, you know, I just feel really understood right now, you know. That's a great feeling. You know, I think, I think my, my bad habit is very easily putting blame on other people for certain things. Um, specifically, like, my own mental... I guess fallacies, mm -hmm. like blaming on other people, and like me interacting with them caused it. Mm -hmm. I, I think I, I think that's happened a couple times. Yeah. Um, where it's like, oh yeah, I feel like depressed. Yeah, it's probably because I hung out with this person, or because this person said something to me. Ah. Uh. Um, where it's like, oh, I feel so anxious. I know it's probably because like, you know, Anna's being through this like really tough moment, and I feel really constrained about being able to talk to her. Yeah. Yeah, trying to find the reason why you feel something is nearly impossible. It's so much more complicated than just talking to someone, you know. I mean you got your whole life, you got hormones, you got things that just immediately happened and like trying to just like find out every reason you feel everything is impossible. And it doesn't accomplish anything. No. Shit, man. Oh, we might have to end it here. Yeah, I understand. <sighs> I, I don't want to like say anything to bias your perspective like for you what does it feel like 
This feels amazing. I haven't. I mean, man, I. It's something about being in person. Of course, as always. Something about being in person. Yeah. I mean, this is how it was meant to be. This is how humans did it for so long. You got to see the facial expression. We have so many muscles in our face more than any animal. I mean, like we got to see those things move. Do you think, like, in the future, doing that with video on Zencaster will help? <sighs> did we try that? Yeah, I think. At one point, because Zencaster never had it. We always use old school. Yeah, I think the only time I ever zoomed you was when you like gave me a SAT, uh, uh, college application advice. Yeah, you zoomed me for that. Remember, you had a mustache. Oh yeah. Yep. But we can give it another try. Yeah. I just. Yeah, I think we should. I think we should. Yeah. Especially once you head back. But this right here, when I miss this a lot, this has helped me a lot too. Yeah. 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 I think I think it's it's pretty obvious whenever I like interview other people and then like talk to you through like <laughs> another, whole other level of like, like understanding but also like a willingness to share the types of details that help. Yeah, I mean it was hard for me to just like read this. I, I don't know say, why. Like, it down, man. I feel inspired. You know, like, yeah, I mean being honest, like it feels great now that I've said it, but like yeah. in the moment you feel a little uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm excited for you, man. Like, regardless, I feel like this could be a... Yeah. You know. Yeah. I'm not even going to try to think about it. It's like, yeah, this is like a new thing that I'm starting. Like, anytime I do that, it doesn't go anywhere. So this is just something we did tonight. And, like, I don't even know what I'll feel tomorrow. I yeah, don't know. We'll I know. All I know is I'm going to the library tomorrow morning. That's the only thing. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I think I think you, you and Marcus would have... A, he has a philosophy of, like, not thinking too much. Yeah. And, like, just going day by day. That's, I think that's the best way to live life. Really? I think it's, well, you know, I'm a primitivist. I can get into that, but it's just the natural way of, it's the natural mental state. I don't think primitive humans were pondering too much about what's going to happen a year from now. Mm. Sounds good. All right. Well, this is how the evening how fucking felt on October 27th. Well, it's actually today's 28th, right? No, today's the 27th. Oh, so yeah, it was in the morning. 27th. Wait, no, it is 28th. Look, it's past midnight. Oh, my computer's oh, still. still Dude, I really think it's 9:39 right now. No. <laughs> um, yeah, October 27th, 28th. We'll see you on the next one.